Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, we are coming at you with a crowd favorite episode that originally ran in August 2021. We talked with one of our favorites, Nora McInerney, and she talked to us about the best ways, tactics, philosophies to support people through hard stuff. Um, and she is an expert in this area. And we thought it was a good one to run now because the holidays can just be a really hard time for people. And we wanted to acknowledge that and maybe serve up some tools in case you want to show up for somebody you love. She is just really thoughtful when it comes to this stuff and just a great resource. And if you want a good entry point into her world, she has a new book out right now called Bad Vibes Only. And the essays are so good. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thingortwohq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. And what good members-only content it is, Erica. We should start doing like members-only jackets to go with our members-only content. Oh my God. <laughs> should we? Secret Menu members-only? It's like combining a lot of ideas in one. It's a lot of ideas. Um, to share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. People really took advantage of the voicemail feature to let me know that I was confusing John Hamm and Patrick Dempsey when it came to uh, male movie stars who had married makeup artists. Yeah, totally. But you know what? People also took advantage of getting in touch with us to ask this question that we're going to answer today. That's um, true. This gifting, this gifting question. That's right. Um, a very good gifting question. One that I, I really, it really speaks to your heart. <laughs> it does. I, I, so this person said gifting cue things to keep at home for when someone brings a gift and you don't have one for them, which I will say, I never really think of it that way. I'm always just like caught off guard. Like, Oh, we're going to somebody's house that is like their new house. Or, and you need to bring like a little housewarming. Yes, well, I also exactly. feel like this kind of makes sense when it's like a holiday, when it's like, right. I don't know, it's like Christmas or like Mother's Day or like someone brings you something over and you're like, oh, I didn't know we were exchanging presents and now I feel like an asshole or oh my whatever. God. Holiday is such a good call out of something that I didn't even include on in, in our list. But every holiday for the past however many years when of a kind was still in business, I would just buy tons of our calendars because there was always some random cousin or in-law of Chris's that I didn't realize we were going to be seeing during the holidays. And I would just have a calendar for them. So there's my no, number cute. one 
cute holiday. calendar. Yeah, cute calendar. Cute calendar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that really less, only works during the holidays. Yeah, less good for an August episode, but like, yeah. you know, think ahead. <laughs> Listen, the holidays are approaching. And I mean, like, obviously, we don't need to, like, say this, but you, you're, you gift how you want to gift. You don't have to, like, give somebody something just because they gave you something. Everybody does their own thing in their own way. Zero pressure, whatever. But this is, like, this is if you are a person who has anxiety about this. Truly. The answers to those questions. The thing that I was thinking about that, like, I, I do like having a drawer of random gifts and in case of emergency gifts. And one way that I fill it is if I'm on a website and I need to hit a free shipping threshold and there's nothing else I need, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's anything. I mean, it's not often the case that it works out, but I will just be like, let me look at this website through the lens of, is there like a random all-purpose gift on here? And you know what? There's usually a candle. Totally. Totally. I do think, so I think in general, my, my thinking around this is like, make it a consumable, like Mm -hmm. that weird product category of things that like, you consume that you will like make Mm -hmm. your way through. So buy something you would naturally that you would like otherwise use like a candle or like a, like a condiment, like buy doubles of like some condiment. Condiments are a great idea. Um, or snacks or like whatever, or beauty products. Like if you love some lip liner, buy a couple of them and then give one to your friend. Um, I don't know. And that way you also know that if you don't end up with someone to give it to and you run out, you've got one. It's just this twin double duty. I love it. I agree completely. I do also think that the other reason this category speaks to me so much is because it's um, so so important when it comes to children. Because you are, I just, A, people are always having babies at this stage of our lives. And then B- And sometimes you don't know when you're going to meet a baby. You know, like you might go to like, a, a park thing or whatever and a friend's there who just had a new baby or like a friend of yes. a friend and you're like I like I'm not that close but I also feel mm-hmm. like a jerk not acknowledging this mm-hmm. in some small way and I feel like I need a gesture like yeah. a, a, gesture. a gesture the last trip we took before uh the pandemic was to Mexico City and Mexico City is amazing ch- children's toys and there were these rattles that were really colorful and beautiful and Cam was obsessed with them and they were really inexpensive and I now have a bag of like 60 of them in my emergency drawer and they come in so handy all the time not 60 but there are a lot like probably like 25 and they're so pretty and they were so inexpensive and I I mean listen a rattle doesn't go bad a rattle rattle doesn't go bad and I will say it's so like I saw a, you know, a friend, like kind of an acquaintance who's had a kid recently was like, our kids should meet up at the park. This isn't somebody I would ever buy a gift for. But I was like, I can bring her this rattle. It's not going to feel awkward for her that I like brought a gift, but it's like a nice little cute gesture type of thing. It's so, like a prize. It's like more of a prize. It's a gift. prize. Actually, I also just yeah. do think children like also expect prizes a lot in their so lives. So this is the other yeah. thing I was going to say. Like there are certain friend groups that I'm a part of that it's like every time you see a kid, you give a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like I constantly As if have children to have don't already ready. have enough stuff. Oh but anyway, God. anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, what are your kids, what are your baby things? Anytime Lewis has a sale, I buy like a handful of swaddles because there's, I, in my experience, they are the best swaddles. Lewis is just the sort of like, for me anyway, and I think for you too, the go-to baby gifting hub. They make such good stuff. And I just have like four or five swaddles in my emergency gifting drawer. No, I mean, when I give them to people, I say, this is, Claire says this is the best swaddle. That's <laughs> how I market it. Claire says this is the best swaddle. Well, um, thank you. Yeah. You all, do you also do Sophie's? I do. I have, I don't have any Sophie's right now, but Sophie, you just can never go wrong with a Sophie in your gift drawer. Can you remind me, do you remember the, the story of Sophie? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a French toy 
And I can't remember if the woman who brought it to the United States was French or American, but she brought it to the United States and they, when they didn't have it here, but it was like, it had been pretty popular in France. And she got a bunch of like small boutiques to start carrying it. I think largely in Los Angeles and all feels right. This like one boutique in Los Angeles, basically, I don't know if they gifted it to or sold it to like Kate Hudson or somebody like that. It, it may have even been pre-Kate Hudson. But it got but like Us Weekly placement. It got really good paparazzi placement before that was like an intentional thing. And it just exploded. But the thing is, it exploded as a status thing, but it is one of those weird phenomenons where every baby is obsessed with it. So it's also like exploded with good reason. I also, this story is maybe like, is, is from like 30 years ago or something, but in the movie Three Men and a Baby, Sophie the Giraffe makes an appearance. Oh, and, really? Yeah, which is before this whole phenomenon. And I've tried to like, I've like, somebody must have written about this. I mean, it's like not a- You tried to put the detective board yeah. together with the strings and the- But I yeah, couldn't. And she's not named timeline. in it. It's a yeah. cameo. It's a really brief cameo. You've got to like <laughs> have your eyes out for it. But yeah. Anyway, Sophie the Giraffe, very good uh, toy to have on, on hand at all times. I also like the idea of just- for kids having things that like suit a range of ages so that you're like, you're not trying to source things for like a two-year-old mm-hmm. and then a five-year-old and then an eight. Like that's like way yeah. too much. So we love the chalk from that line, Twee. Oh my like, gosh, it's just amazing. so cute. They do like donuts and ice cream. I don't know. They do so much stuff. It's insane. French fries, um, burgers. Yes. And like glittery fun, mm-hmm. just like very poppy, very It's poppy. also nice because it, it's a gift that you can give it to a kid and then the kid will disappear for a while with it. And you're like, great. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, I rediscovered recently those sun print kits, you know, mm-hmm. those like pieces yeah. of paper that you put like leaves or whatever on and then you, it hit, the sun hits it and they yeah. leave a print, mm-hmm. which also are like a fine all ages thing because like someone with an actual, you know, seven-year-old artistic vision or whatever can like lay things out in a meaningful way and like mm-hmm. a two-year-old can just drop some rocks on it and yep. it's still a victory. And then, you know, those Omi, is it called Omi coloring posters? Like those Big ones yes. that are like, th- like I don't know, like three by four feet or whatever. The re- um, yeah, they do like maps and cities and I don't know. They do like alien ones and they have stickers. Um, I had one in my emergency gifting drawer recently, and I decided actually to use it on Cam for some reason. I was like, I need to keep you busy right now. Here, I'm going to give you this, and um, it was in the midst of potty training, and so that that coloring poster was done within like five minutes of having made its way out of its packaging because he just got peed all over. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. He was taking like a mixed media form. That's right. That's right. Should we bring on our guest? Let's bring on our guest. So we are here today with Nora McInerney, who is the host of the downright iconic podcast, Terrible Things for Asking. She's also written multiple books, It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too, No Happy Endings, and Hot Young Widows Club, which has a related Facebook grief support group um, of the same name. She basically has become this very reluctant expert in how to have hard conversations. And we wanted to have her on to get her to shed some light on that stuff, um, which is something we've just been thinking a lot about lately. It's really hard to know how to be a good friend or family member when someone is experiencing trauma or grief. You want to like do everything and you all, I, I feel like no you matter- you want to fuck it up. Yeah. It's like no matter how much I think about this or talk about this, I constantly sort of find myself in this position of being like, I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. Yeah. And you just also just like need reminders and want someone mm-hmm. to be like, to weigh in a little bit. So yeah. that's what Nora is going to do for us today. 
thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. I feel like, I don't know, over the last couple of years, I haven't thought that much about hair health, just like as a thing to be, you know, besides like shampooing, conditioning, like, you know, washing my hair, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I haven't focused much on taking care of it in this way. Yes. And I was Googling the other day, like, why brush your hair? What does that do? Like, wow. What did you find out? Well, it helps redistribute oils. It can make Mm. your hair stronger, like at the roots, which is good. It can help your, your hair shed more naturally. So you're not just leaving hairs all over the house when you walk around, which oh, um, that's I a think Thomas would reason. be pretty <laughs> yeah. excited about. And and like taking your Nutrafol feels like very core to yes. all of this, like giving your hair the vitamins it needs to also be stronger, healthier, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. And man, like it, nothing's worse than flipping your hair to the side and being like, wait, why is there so much showing? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't do that side part anymore. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician formulated using natural drug-free medical grade ingredients and consistently effective dosages. So you get the most reliable results in a clinical study. 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, 3000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code thing or two to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code thing or two. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. So Nora, we're so excited to have you. We recently have both been having just like conversations about the fact that we've had friends who've dealt with death and pregnancy loss and lots of other really hard and sad stuff. And obviously the last year and a half in general has just been like grief city for everyone. And wanted to talk to you about how we should be thinking about providing support and just like being there for people who are going through stuff because it just feels so easy to fuck it up. And maybe we're wrong about that, but that's just like how it feels. I don't think we're wrong about it, though. I mean, well, because in some ways, obviously, everybody feels differently, right? When you're going Mm -hmm. through trauma and everybody needs something differently. So how do you know how to say the right thing to anybody? Yeah, you don't. You don't. (laughs) And I I mean, truly, the reason that it feels so fraught is because it is. And because you will say the wrong thing and you will do the wrong thing. And I have a catalog in my own brain, not of just the things people did to me, but the things I did to them, Mm -hmm. Uh which Uh is almost worse in some cases, you know, almost worse to like really look back and think of all the ways that you failed to show up for somebody. And we don't know. And I think part of like the reason is that we were taught the absolute incorrect thing 
I don't even know what part of the Bible it's in because I would say that Catholic school served me in many different ways. Um, but I went <laughs> to an alternative Catholic school where like we mostly just did like improvisational games mm-hmm. um, and lip syncs. And uh, but there's a <laughs> totally part of super the Bible. Catholic school vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very heavily. <laughs> heavily. Okay. They were like, I could not name a book in the Bible, but did I sometimes do interpretive dances about them? Yes, absolutely. So, but you know, we're, we're taught to treat people how we want to be treated. And Mm. that is incorrect because we have to Mm. treat people how they want to be treated. And the worst thing about trauma of any kind, not just death loss, but illness, um, divorce, oh, I don't know, a global pandemic, losing your job, losing your footing, losing your sense of self, is that the way you need to be treated then changes immediately and without any warning and in ways that you're not even aware of until somebody treats you the way they want to be treated and it's absolutely wrong or even treats you the way you used to want to be treated and yeah, it's yeah, wrong yeah. and it's somehow bad and 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 everything just feels like you'll never be a normal person again when really you have you have changed which you know we like to celebrate when the change is uh active right like oh like you started eating like raw vegan food and like <laughs> running 10 miles a day like you've changed you've changed you've changed but when like mm-hmm. the change is involuntary and sudden it doesn't feel good. Right. It doesn't feel good. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I know exactly why it feels that hard because it is that hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was reading this profile of this woman who's in the New York Times recently who's a sex educator. And she was say- like saying that this like applies to sex education too. The idea of like mm-hmm. not the golden rule, but the platinum rule of which is what she dubbed it, the treating others how they want to be treated. But then it becomes mm-hmm. the question of like, how do you figure that out? How do you navigate yeah. how somebody else, what somebody else wants yeah. or needs? So clumsily, clumsily, so clumsily, like truly. And that's I love that that parallel between like sex ed and everything else, because I feel very <laughs> lucky. OK, shout out to my high school boyfriend. Um, but I do feel <laughs> lucky that that uh, the first time I did anything was with a person who wanted to talk about everything, who mm. would pass me a note saying, do you think I can touch your boobs next week? And I had time <laughs> to like consider it and be like. Like, do, under how do I the, feel? Yeah, under the shirt or under the bra or both? Right. Reply. And then wait, like, what's the answer? I don't know. Like, what did he have in mind? Like, what a good example, truly, of how we can be in relationship with one another, even if you're 15 or 55 or whatever age, which is like, you do kind of have to ask people mm-hmm. and then also understand that they don't know the answer yet or they might not. And right now, One of my friends who is one of the closest people in my life, her life is falling apart. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And just when you think it can't get worse, it does. Um, So every time we talk, I'm like, here we go. You know, like, here we go. And she and I for years have been doing sort of like, I don't know what to call it other than like conversational consent, which is Mm -hmm. before we even engage with each other, like saying, hey, uh, I'm going to call you, but it's a friend call. Can you take a friend mm-hmm. call right now? Uh, oh, I'm going to call you and it's a crisis call. Can you take a crisis call right now? And then, okay, before I start, uh, what I need from you is to validate every single feeling I'm having and not push back at all. Or what I need from you is to tell me if I'm the asshole <laughs> because, yep. because that's what I need. And I don't know if the reason we don't do that is because it is so time-consuming, Right. It's so time consuming and so awkward. It's so awkward. We all want to be 
a, a poem people have memorized by heart, a dance that people already know the steps to. And like, I don't think that it says anything bad about our relationships that we aren't that for like anyone. I kind of love the idea though of of asking someone what they can handle or just asking how they want to be treated, which with the, mm-hmm. you know, with the understanding that they may not know. But yeah, I feel like I know that my instinct when a friend is going through something is to check in a lot. Mm. And I feel like I could just be like, hey, I'm going to check in regularly. But if it's annoying, just tell me to stop. Um, right. And yeah. that would be so easy. For yeah, me to so do. easy. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's also, oh, I, especially when somebody is like really going through it. Like think about like the worst thing, the worst time in your life. Like just uh, pull it up in your heads, everybody. Pull up, dig, you know, scratch those wounds, like dig mm-hmm. up those dramas. Like you, you absolutely don't know what you need until somebody gives you the thing you don't. Right, right, right. right. Like, well, and it's like, for me in this situation, it's like, I need certain people to check in a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I need other people to kind of like not ask about it at all. Right. And yeah. just like distract me and like, yes, not be like, how's that going? Like, yeah. I don't want to recap it for I don't want to recap 20 it for people. No, I want to recap it for three specific people. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Aaron, my husband, Aaron died of brain cancer in 2014 in uh, 2011, he had a seizure at work. It, I, you know, went there, he had brain surgery, like three days later, everything moved really quickly. And because we live in America, I went back to work, right? I went back to work almost immediately. In fact, in fact, shout out to an unnamed woman who was really just, you know, responding to the, the patriarchy of our ad agency where everyone in any position of power was a man, but the women did all their work for them. And she brought me a laptop to the hospital. Oh, wow. Wow. So I could prepare Mm -hmm. for a new business pitch that was taking place in two weeks because her boss was like, yeah, I mean, we're going to need her on that. Okay. Like she's not doing the brain surgery. (laughs) Yeah. What were you really doing in that when it comes down to it? Mostly (laughs) sitting, Erica. Thank you for noticing. Not, not helping, not helping. I definitely needed to really figure out how we're going to position that fossil fuels brand on Twitter, you know, because Twitter was waiting. Twitter was like, but what do they think? Where do they stand? Where do they stand? Um, And uh, so when I did go back to work, though, I had uh, I had the uh, privilege nepotism of working with my mom. Mm -hmm. I remember telling her, I was like, tell everybody not to say a word to me about it. Okay. No one at this office is a person that I want to look me in the eye, touch my arm gently, nothing. Okay. And I would start meetings by being like, everyone knows what happened. You don't need to know anything else. Nobody talked to me about it. And I remember two instances where that just, that just did not happen. Right. This very well-meaning woman, you know, came up to me in the break room. She's already crying. I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. And as she's bringing it up, I, I'm literally putting my hands up like, no, no, we're not doing this. And I left. And it feels so awkward to do. And then I felt bad for, you know, rejecting sort of like her attempts. And uh, I didn't need to. I don't need to. I hope she doesn't even feel bad about it. Because like, we're all sort of fighting like our instincts to be ourselves and connect in whatever way that we can with like this sort of, I mean, a completely unknowable algorithm of another person, right? So, so it's just, it is, 
It's not in your head, by the way. If you're like, well, I don't know, like my friend lost a baby. I just don't know what I, what I can do. The only formula that I think you can possibly apply is to do whatever you can do <laughs> competently, right? And, and consistently and whatever you will do. And by that, I mean, without needing a thank you note, without needing uh, some sort of recognition and to do all of these things humbly, like Claire, you were saying like, oh, if, if this isn't, if you don't want me to reach out, just like, let me know. And I won't understanding that it has nothing to do with you, right? None of it has anything to do with you, but we all, I mean, I don't know. We're just sort of trapped in like the lens of our own experience. And so, yeah, if somebody doesn't want to hear from me, of course it's about me. It can't possibly just be that they are, you know, <laughs> overwhelmed with their own, you know, their own grief or loss or anxiety or whatever it is. And man, it's just so hard to be a person. <laughs> are there things that in your experience, like when you say like, do what you can do, like, are yeah. there things that people generally need help with or respond well to, or the yeah. like more often than not, are yeah. worth a shot. It's always like, I mean, you can always send a text and say like, you don't need to reply. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. thinking of you. That's it. Like, that's it. Like that's, there's pretty low bars of things. And when your phone is like going off and going off, it's sometimes like I would want to throw it around across the room, you know? Yep. And then also sometimes nobody texts you and then you're like, well, okay, so I guess nobody cares. <laughs> these assholes. Yeah. Look at these people who don't care about me, don't love me in any way just because I stopped <laughs> responding several weeks ago or told one of them to fuck off. I didn't mean it, okay? I was like, <laughs> it just was a weird day. You can always send a text. Like, I'm from the Midwest. We do we do hot dishes, right? Like, but if you're going to drop off a hot dish, don't you dare put a note on it that says, return this dish to so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, because guess what I did with your dish? I broke it in the backyard on purpose. Okay? okay, I did. I did. Guess what? You can break a Pyrex if you try hard enough. You can. Okay? Especially if the person is like, do you know where my Pyrex is? No, I don't know where your Pyrex is. I've got a pile right. of new Pyrex is. No, I your don't. Your Pyrex is at Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Okay? That's exactly where it, it is. Here's a 20% off coupon. It's yeah. always 20% off. It's a hell of a deal. Okay? It's a hell of a deal. So I don't know. It's like, you know... You do what you can do. And like my, I had this, uh, the friend that I was talking about, she and I were not close, right? We weren't close. She got my number from her, who knows where. And she sent me a message and she said, I'm at Costco and I'm going to get you butter, milk, eggs, and toilet paper. Okay. Those are four things I can't live without. And I was living without. And she said, I'm going to drop it on the back door and you, uh, like ding dong ditch, you don't have to come out and see me. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have to like, you know, yep. do anything. I don't have to Vigorous entertain nodding. you. You're not going to bring me dinner with an asterisk, which is now I have to eat it with you. Yeah. Like, um, and pretend that I still eat at a table. Right. Like, cool. So it's like, and that's like what she could do, right? She didn't yeah. like do anything that like, that was going to be of such a cost that it would make her resent me if I didn't appreciate it. She was already at Costco. Okay. Right. She could just double certain things and drop it off. And she kept doing that. I had this neighbor, Mark, who uh, I woke up every time it snowed to a shoveled walkway. And several Ooh, times shoveling feels like who's going to be upset about that? Who's going to be mad about Raking that? Raking leaves. Who's going to be upset about this? Who's going to be mad about that? No one. It's like, and I didn't even know this was a thing, but we did have, we, our house was prone to ice dams because we had an ancient roof and he would get up on his roof every winter and sweep the extra snow off so that in the uh -huh, spring, uh -huh. he did that for me. 
Wow. Okay. I would never volunteer to do that. I would never get on someone's roof. That's a liability. <laughs> I would break my neck. Okay. Like no. that's a Mark thing. That's, that's a Mark, a Mark thing. thing. Mark knows how to do that. Mark's a civil engineer. They can stand on anything apparently. I think it can be pretty simple if you don't attach your own self-worth to it, right? Which is, will this person answer my call? Will this person respond to my text? If you're doing it for them, it doesn't matter like what you get back. That's a super helpful lens mm-hmm. in general. If you're doing yeah. it for them, it doesn't matter what you get back. Yeah. It's like the, the other thing you said that struck me is your mom being willing to tell everybody not to talk to you. And like mm. having that friend who will disseminate that message for you, who will yes. be the one to say it to everybody, hey, this thing happened to Claire. Like that's mm-hmm. really helpful because you don't want to be the one going around telling people no. like this tragedy happened to me. You just right. kind of want everybody to know. Yes. Um, and that feels yeah. like a real gift, you know? Yeah. My sister did that too, which was so great. And then... You know, if if somebody had something, they're like, but I really want, I was like, just please text my sister. <laughs> just yeah. like, just please talk to my sister, which is also nuts because like it was happening to my sister too. You know what I mean? Right. Like my sister lost her brother-in-law. She lost her friend, you know, and but like she really stepped into that. And I think I'm going to cry and also call her later because that was really wonderful of her. And she did not have to do that. She had kids and a job and all this other stuff. But it was also a way for her to feel like she was she was supporting you without having to be yeah. also probably all up in your shit all the time. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It it makes me think of something we talk about a lot was which is the the ring theory from Susan Silk. Is, that's her name, right, Erica? Of like, yeah. mm-hmm. your of, yes, your sister was also dealing with it, but she wasn't going to like put it into you, right? She was going to put mm-hmm. it out. If she needed to talk to somebody about the pain of it, she could talk to somebody about it who was less close to Aaron, um, yeah. not you. And to you, she was just going to be helpful and be supportive. Yeah, yeah. It's just still like, it's still really, it's cool to see ring theory when people do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you can really, really see it come alive in people, it's such a, I do think that's our instinct. Right. Like that is our instinct is to sort of like try to make a circle around people to protect them, even like from our own reactions Mm -hmm. and our own feelings, because I every single person on this earth, like you don't get it till you get it. And then once you get it, you're like, oh, God, this thing is maybe now the headline of your life, but it won't always be. And it doesn't sort of over in the moment. It might like, you know, this is the lead, but. It's also so dehumanizing to think that people only think of you as a sad story, mm-hmm. right? And of course. Like, no one wants that. No one wants yeah. that. You don't want to be the sad story people whisper about. Right. Of course. Thank you so much to ZocDoc for sponsoring today's episode. You know, there's been so much research published lately about like why we procrastinate and do certain things. I need somebody to research why when we have some sort of a medical condition, we will do everything but just make a doctor's appointment. Like you will text mm. your group chat. You will Google it. You will go on. You will, you will search at, like, it on the images. Why are you looking at the Google images? That's like, never going to be the answer to because- the question. <laughs> I do think it's more like I think there's like I do think there's some weird perverse satisfaction in trying to like I don't know solve it on your own like uh, like murders in the building style or something <laughs> like I there's some we are not Selena Gomez or no. Steve Martin or Martin Short we do not we are not suited and the thing is that always in the time it took you to like read the WebMD text your group chat ask your best friend if he'll ask she'll ask her dad who's like a doctor of a different sort. 
you could just book an appointment on ZocDoc always. It takes, I don't know, two minutes, most, maybe a little more if you're going to read the reviews, maybe a little less if you're not. Like, just use ZocDoc. This is it. Yeah. This is Book it. an appointment. Yeah. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette and scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. Go to ZocDoc.com slash a thing or two and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash a thing or two. ZocDoc.com slash a thing or two. feel about if you heard through a friend or something about another friend who was going through something, mm-hmm. how do you feel about dealing with that? Do you reach out to that like other person? Do you yeah. wait for them to tell you like, what's the, mm. what's the role there? Cause again, it's God. like, you don't want to be that sad story, but then also they maybe don't want to be telling everybody. I um, know. I know. Yeah. God, that's so hard. And I know that I, I'd lost a pregnancy. My dad died. Aaron died. Uh, about a year and a half later, I was pregnant. I wasn't telling anybody because I was so ashamed that I would be happy again, like a bitch. And um, like, and also like, what I just a was jerk. like, yeah. what a fucking, like, what, who do you think you are? What like, right do you have you, to be happy? Yeah. None, none, zero. Yeah, right. It's like not mm-hmm. a human right at all. Like what a selfish little, little trash, um, just garbage person. So uh, so I wasn't also telling anyone because I was like, I don't know, like, you know, anything can happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just like last time, no one needs to know that something good happens until until it's a bad thing. And I remember telling someone that I love, like really like being like, I'm ready to tell this person that I'm pregnant and I want I wanted it to be received in the way that I wanted to. And she said to me, oh, I know. And I just remember being like, Excuse like me? I never, right? I never want to do that to a person to say like, yeah. oh, I already know. Like, yeah. what? Like, even if you knew, like, let me tell, like, can you right. receive Give it as the- if it is, right? Like, like, oh, I already know. And it just, t- it like rang every like traumatic alarm bell, which is like, I'm just a story. I'm just a story. I'm just a story. And if she would have reached out earlier and said, I heard this thing, congratulations. Or I heard this thing. How are you feeling about it? I might've felt differently. And so, you know, like I said, there's really like, there's just kind of no way, but in my life, if I hear something, well, like, I guess I sort of run through some sort of internal calculus where I'm like, you know, I think it's worth saying, like, I think it's worth saying, I I heard this, you know, not from who, but like, I heard this and I'm thinking of you and I'm so sorry. And, uh, you know, I just never want to be the kind of person who just like says to another person, like, oh, I already, yeah, old news. Right. I already know that. That gossip's gone around yeah. already. Yeah. yeah. I also think that this idea that she could have called and said, how are you feeling about it? I mm. have found that really helpful, especially, I mean, yeah. we're, you know, in our late thirties now. And unfortunately part of being a woman in your late thirties, I think is having friends dealing with infertility and pregnancy <sighs> loss. And yeah. It is a long protracted experience of like learning new things, experiencing multiple letdowns and then hope. And I never know what, there are so many times where I feel like I get a piece of news about it and I'm not sure if it's good, bad, neither. Mm -hmm. And I find it that like the best I can do is say, how does that make you feel? Or how are you feeling about it? And that always feels like a safe space. (laughs) 
Yeah. To just be like, cause sometimes it's like, well, I found out I had, it's genetic. And it's like, maybe that's actually comforting because now you have an answer. Right. Or maybe right. it's like, you're, you know, you just don't know how, how yes. a certain piece of information is going to land or, and, yeah. um, I also want to talk about an instinct I have that's not good. Like I can, mm-hmm. I am good in some of these situations. The thing that I have to fight against that I always want to do is the thing that they tell you not to do, which is just share other stories. Like, oh yeah, oh, oh I know. my I'm my so sister in law's aunt also had breast cancer. Um, uh, my yeah. college roommate's little sister had IVF three times and it didn't work, and then it worked on the fourth time. You know, either know. because from and like I I think part of it is because I am that person who gets a lot out of stranger stories. Mm-hmm. Like stranger stories to me signify opportunity and like it, it could be me, like it happened. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, when you have a really bad high and you think you're going to die and you're like, I just need to know that somebody else has been in this situation before to convince <laughs> to know that it is actually just weed and, and it's not that the weed was laced with heroin. Yeah. Like yeah. it's that thing of like, I just need to know that this happened to somebody else. And so then I do it to other people and I know it's the wrong thing. Yeah. But, and, but it might not always be the wrong thing, right? Like yeah. it might not, some people, like I am like that too. Like I do like to hear, I like, I, I obviously it's my job. I like, I find comfort in knowing other people have been anywhere, right? Even yeah. if it, it doesn't lead to quite the same path. And, you know, I, the first person that I like reached out to and wanted to talk to was my mom's friend, Mary, whose husband had died of what Aaron had. Like she would live through the worst case scenario and whose brain tumor was in the worst place for it to be, mm-hmm. the middle of his brain, in his personality, in his executive function, crawling out and just, you know, and Aaron's was in a part of his brain that apparently he didn't use for three years, truly. Like he was, like, he was still himself. Like d- amazing. I was like, yeah. wow, you are truly only use it like what they say we use 10 percent of our brain like thank god and it wasn't that percent it, it wasn't, wasn't that, that part, part. No. it wasn't that part like they had to mm-hmm. test it you know like they put all these electrodes on and they were like that's really nothing happened in there um <laughs> but I wanted to talk to her you know like I yeah. did want to know I wanted to know like what am I supposed to do like right where, where am I going and like she had reached out to me yeah. and I and I went there and I remember she poured me a glass of milk because that's what I wanted to drink. It's like, do you have a glass of milk? Because you're a mom and I need a mom to pour me a glass of milk while I sit on a couch. Like what yeah. a weird, just remembered that glass of milk, but it really <laughs> comes in strong, tall glass, tall glass yeah. of milk. And some people do like that. And also you guys are both very good at this. You're good interviewers, right? Which is like <laughs> the best stuff like comes from just shutting the fuck up. Like just totally shutting up. You know when it's even harder to do, and it, that this has really come up over the last year, it's hard to shut up over text because then the person oh, doesn't know if you're listening. And I found myself in a lot of such situ- like text griefing situations lately. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to be like, I'm here, but mm-hmm. also not just like, you know, make it worse. Just say shit for the yeah. sake of saying shit. And I had, I was talking to a friend recently who was describing going through a breakup and how someone had been a really good friend to him by just literally every day sending a text that said vibe check. And he never Mm. felt the need to respond unless he did want to respond. Mm. But it was just like knew that that friend was thinking of him, knew that checking in on the vibe. And I loved that. Oh God, I love that. Yeah, I I love that. I also like voice text, uh, not, Mm. you know, like where you send Uh, those voice voice memos that disappear. Yeah, I love those. And I also love... A friend of mine went through a, a very deeply public trauma 
And I sent them a text that said, I'm sending you a voice memo. It's not an accident. Um, so I feel like, you know. <laughs> listen like, listen got, to this one. Right. Yes. Yeah. I was like, don't you sometimes get those from like your aunts? Yes. Where you're like, what the fuck? Yes, you're sitting on do. your phone, you're driving, like, yeah. you're listening to talk radio. It's yeah, not yeah. for me. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, this is not for me. So I'm sending you this. It's not an accident. Listen to it whenever. You don't have to reply ever. But I just wanted to, like, I wanted you to hear these things for me without having to, like, pick up the phone, even though I love the phone, senior millennial mm-hmm. to the core. I like the idea of a vibe check, too. Texting also has, like, come such a long way. And I mean, you know, I like, like, like people's texts, yes. right? Like, you can mm-hmm. do those sort of, like, reactions to it. That or sort you of can like, just send a heart emoji. It's like yeah. Thinking of, yeah. 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 When I was going through something, my sister-in-law one day when she just like knew it was a really tough day, just sent like the heart emoji text at, you know, 8.30 in the morning when it had already been a hard day by 8.30 in the morning. And it was just one of those things. It was like, all I needed was just to know that there are like other people who know what's happening right now. And I don't want to talk about it. Um, And this feels like this is so light, like so light um, a lift. Yeah. Oh, I like that. See, she showed up in like the way that she could. She's like, I know I can send Erica a text. That's something that I can <laughs> for sure do. Like that will not not tax me emotionally, not like tax Erica emotionally, just like, yeah, gets it out there, like makes that sort of like connection. Yes. Can we talk about the difference between empathy and sympathy? Because I feel like I have been taught it many times and I'm never quite sure that I get it. And yeah. we... Cam, my two and a half year old son just got a new book called A Kid's Book About Empathy. And it's a good book. And it like really clearly lays out what empathy is. But it, I don't want to say it vilifies sympathy, but it doesn't Mm. mean sympathy (laughs) in a good light. And I was like, this might, I knew that there was a difference between empathy and sympathy, but I don't know that I ever thought of sympathy as a bad thing. Mm. Um, And I was just like, I, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on this? I never did either until like I was on just the end of the fire hose of pity, which to me, pity mm-hmm. and sympathy are sort of synonyms, which mm-hmm. is like, that's sort of the dehumanization aspect of it, right? right? Mm-hmm. Is like someone feeling bad for you right. is you can feel yourself becoming a sad story. I could feel Aaron becoming a sad story. And that was most of my work is an act of passive aggression or aggression, aggression. Mm-hmm. And I started a blog, this Tumblr, right? This is like 2011. This is mm, the Tumblr time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Tumblr time. I was just, I had so many Tumblrs. I had Tumblrs about everything. And that was like sort of how I flirted with Aaron at the beginning, you know, like keeping a Tumblr that I knew, I knew he would find. Right. I knew it. (laughs) I knew he was there. I knew he was lurking. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Here's like a picture of like, my collar, you know, know, just, just fuck it. God, taken on the MacBook, like with the video. Yeah. Yeah. Just some flirting. Yeah. Also taken as if like I didn't know it was being taken, even though like I took it myself. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Mew just got caught on this camera. Yeah. (laughs) In a big sweater. Like, um, so so it's just a real truly a, a, just an era of time that I can't wait for like Gen Z to discover oh, yeah. and try to like resurrect the way that oh, they God. are currently. I have a 15 year old in my home who's like, she's at high school orientation today. Her theme is <laughs> for back to school shopping was Y2K. Um, uh-huh. As a person who lived in Y2K, I thought I yeah. could help at the Goodwill. <laughs> Apparently everything I picked was uh, not it. I was like, oh, oh interesting. Cause I can wore this. Okay. <laughs> high school. Yeah. High school. I'm telling you, okay, the exaggerated cuff is Y2K. 
Right. I have to link to this like TikTok series of like what what we're all leaving out of the Y2K revival. Mm. And that, you know, that belt belt. was like these big discs. It was like, where is that? If if we're doing a real revival, where is (laughs) that belt? Where's that? Where's that? Where's the skirt with the the short skirt with the weird ruffles? Okay. Where's that? With a long tank top that covered no, most with of your With two butt. tank tops. Two tank tops. Layered over top of each other. Layered over top of each yeah, other. And the like, smaller and one on top. breathed. We were all <laughs> warm all the time. What was the question, Claire? Sympathy, <laughs> pity. Okay, here we go. Sympathy, pity, okay. Tumblr. Yeah. There we go. We're tracing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say, though, before we yeah. leave this, that you just gave me an incredible light bulb moment and somebody hire me as a trend forecaster because photo booth pictures are going to be like the new Polaroids for the next generation. It's going to be like, everybody's going to be doing selfies with their photo booths with mm. the filters. That's mm. it. I just needed to get that on record. You, you, now we can go back to sympathy. <laughs> oh my God. I know that I've got some deep ones yeah. somewhere in Google, somewhere in Google, like when everybody finally got NFT their them, sell those, you know, it's just collectible. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I need to NFT some of my uh, Google chats from 2005. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I like, have you heard this song? It's called, it's called Bad Day. <laughs> have you heard this song? It's called You're Beautiful by James Blunt. I don't know if you've heard it yet, but it's like fucking it's really real good. Super okay. up and coming. It's uh, really good. Tumblr. Okay. Sympathy, pity, empathy. Okay. I'm, I want to read that kid's book. I want to read that kid's book. It's a book. good book. I just, yeah. it's called A Kid's Book About Empathy. We'll link to it. Yeah. 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 Empathy is work and sympathy is a task, right? Like, okay. uh, it's like you feel for, like you feel at somebody. Like right. pity, you feel at somebody. I grew up on pity. I am, I was raised Catholic. Like what, you think I can't feel bad for people? I feel bad for people all day. Like right. I would just, you know, and I'm also from the Midwest. We are a thrifty people and pity is like the cheap emotion. Sympathy is free, right? Mm-hmm. You can give it away. It doesn't cost you anything because you're just, oh, oh God, that's other people. That's sad. That's yeah, hard. And, yeah. And empathy is like imagination and work and like the the process of feeling it with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it just requires more of us. It does require more of us. And I think that the 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 difference is only tangible to you once you've felt it, right. like once you've, once you've felt it. And there was a, a person who, who came over after Aaron died and, you know, they wanted to drop off dinner, but no, no, no. They wanted to see us eat it. And, um, <laughs> and they walked in the front door and we had, we had children around the same age. I don't know where their child was. And, um, they looked down at Ralph and they said, <sighs> heartbreaking. And I wanted, oh my God, to dropkick them Fred Flintstone style <laughs> out my front door because my kid is playing on the floor. He's too, you know, it, it just like, whoa, like it just sucked everything out yeah. of, out of the room. Of I was course. like, you are here to see some zoo animals <laughs> and, right. and to report back that it is so sad. Of course it's sad. His dad is dead. Like, of course it's sad. His dad is dead. But like, there was no like curiosity, right? There's no, there's no, it's, I've already decided. Like, this is a sad boy with a sad story and I've identified him and categorized him. And I already know, right? I already know. I already know this because I've decided it's sad. And it is ant, right? Like, I don't, empathy is the ant, like, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, uh, I don't know. And when when I could feel empathy from people, it was people who wanted to know more, who wanted to understand or could who could 
not like in not like a sitting down drilling, draw this out for me kind of way, but like in a way like where they could come over and sit on the couch and watch nine hours of Real Housewives, Evan Carpenter, if you're listening, um, <laughs> you know, like he could do that, right? And and then in the middle of the, the episodes, I could be like, you know what this may, and I could ball my face off. And he wasn't like, yeah, you know, this is, wow, you're so sad. This is so sad and pathetic. He was willing to be there in the experience with me. And and that's not to say that you can only have empathy with people that you can sit on a couch with and watch Real Housewives right. with. But like, I I just... Well, it's like the with versus yeah. the at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, it kind of reminds me of that distinction between like kind and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And like empathy yes. is kind and sympathy yeah. is nice. Yeah. Yes. 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 And like, I also like the Midwest, right? Everyone's so yeah. nice. So Everyone's nice. Everyone's so nice. Like they're like, yeah, we have the worst racial uh, economic disparities in the nation in Minnesota, but we're so nice. <laughs> we're so nice. Can we say how we you say doing that at your the grocery face. store? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're we're very friendly. We just want people to sort of, you know, like stay in their neighborhood. Like, Laura, I'm really glad you brought up Real Housewives because I have a question for you about this. I know you're not supposed to give like advice to people who are going th- through things, but I do. And it's usually to watch Vanderpump Rules because I like really strongly believe that it is one of the most like powerful medicines. It's like a temporary, it's a band-aid, yes. but it is a really oh. powerful one. It's when not you a are grieving. It's not it's a cure <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. And I just, do you have thoughts as, as, as a quote unquote expert in this as to why Bravo is so incredible when you are dealing with something? I mean, it's an emotional analgesic. Okay. It'll get the <laughs> swelling down. It'll, yeah. Like, that's what it it'll does. Leave you. It's yeah. so good. I don't know, but it, that is truly the first place that I found comfort. Yeah. Like the first place that I found comfort, I was like, turn on Bravo. Oh, I've seen it before. All the better. Okay. Oh, it's, it's original. You don't need new material. No. In, in, in fact, no new material. No new material. I want to return to comfort. Oh God. To just like a well, just a, a familiar storyline. I truly loved the original Orange County, yeah. which is when we're talking about what could be more comforting than the aughts, than uh, em- embellished the jeans. Oh, <laughs> Lake know, Havasu. Like, oh, like Havasu. Like, um, <laughs> who is the girl? I, I'm spacey. I don't know who remember. She had the cuff company. Just yes. Cuff yeah, I don't know her like, name. <laughs> I'm so impressed Oh, God with, bless her. We've come oh. up with cuffs multiple times on this episode. Cuffs. And I didn't think we would. <laughs> I really didn't cuffs. think we would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, yeah. got, we got cuffs. She had like also, I believe, a line of trucker hats that coordinated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just, I had, it was such a blessed time. And yeah, that is a good prescription. That's I, like a, I really it, believe that's an it. incredible yeah. prescription. I it agree. really is. I agree. It's, yeah, it helped. It, it helped. And it's, uh, I think sometimes you just got to, you know, it's also like a, it's a harmless numbing, you know, yeah. it's not like, you're not like, oh, like, you know what you need to do, get a handle of tequila <laughs> and, you know, uh, withdraw from the world. And mm-hmm. no, you're just like you, what you need is like some sort of escape. Right. And there's something also about watching people stumble through the world, <laughs> like somewhat <laughs> haplessly with very little self-awareness mm-hmm. that even makes you like view your own very, very real uh, problems. I was like, well, at least I'm not, you know, at least I'm not Vicky Gumbleson. I got to say, I got to say, how I feel. I say, <laughs> like, like it's yeah. like I love Stassi Schroeder, but thank God I'm not her. Thank and God I'm not Jax. I, yeah, okay? yeah. Like, 
Exactly. Yeah. Are there other resources besides Bravo that you have found helpful that you recommend to people? Oh, God. I mean, I mean, like, what is a resource? Uh, (laughs) Listen, you know, like, what's a resource? I would say this is the all the things that I didn't want to do. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I did not want to. I never went to any support groups when Mm -hmm. Aaron was sick because I honestly I didn't go to therapy either. When would I go? When would I go? I worked uh, at at a corporation that you know, like where my boss would be like, "Oh, noticed you weren't uh, in your seat, right?" (laughs) Just wondering, uh, you know, if your dying husband has taken too much of your time, you just let me know. Uh, But uh, you know, we'll figure uh, something out. We'll figure something out. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you leave. Maybe you just don't work anymore. I don't know. And one so of those like, two feels one right. of those two. One of those two. If you can't do it, I could find another you in a minute. Never forget it. Uh, so real, like real, real, like, uh, you know, just capitalistic misery. But I didn't want to associate. I did not want any of my identity or Aaron's identity tied to cancer in any way. Mm. And Aaron didn't want to go to any support groups. He wanted his people and he wanted his people to be his people. And that was it. And I followed his lead. And when he died... You know, I lived in Northeast Minneapolis. um, And if you're ever in Northeast Minneapolis, you have to go to the coffee shop Northeast on Johnson Street, run by uh, Jody and April, the the loveliest couple in the world. And Jody and April kept saying, you have to meet Mo. Um, Her husband died, too. And I was like, oh, no, thanks. Um, (laughs) Like, what a pitch. Like, hey, we have a friend for you. And I was like, I in no way want this. And everyone, oh, you got to meet Mo. Mo's husband just died. And I had known of Mo because her husband had died before Aaron and he had been in a band that Aaron loved. And I came home from work one day and Aaron was bawling, bawling. And he was sleeping, you know, 20 hours a day at this point in time. And um, I was like, oh God, what is it? Like, what, did you have a seizure? Did you die? And I don't know what happened. Um, And he was like, no, Andy, Andy died. I'm like, oh no, who's Andy? (laughs) And you know, and and Aaron was so affected by Andy's death, even though he was a stranger that he just admired uh, from like his, you know, sort of like teenage punk days. And I finally met Mo just to get the obligation out of the way, just to say I did it. And we met and like we like met on a sidewalk, like with snow, like falling like around us. It was like December It was a rom-com. 26th. It was a meet It was a rom-com. It was, <laughs> it had been 31 days since Aaron died. Wow. And we were like, it just truly immediately we're like, and like, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing tomorrow? And like, we became each other's person and she lost her husband to suicide suddenly, obviously. I lost my husband to cancer slowly. We didn't have the same experience. We had the, we just felt a connection through a similar kind of loss that I did not think I needed. I did not think I wanted. And it, it truly... Like Mo is to this day, like my purse, you know, like I could be, I could be fine without anyone, but like not without her. And uh, like, it's great to be married. It's great to fall in love. Like Matthew won't listen to this. I can live without him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's like, she's like, you know, I would like, I call like she, I call her, you know, when I thought I was, I was miscarrying the baby that I had with Matthew. Like I didn't call him. Like I called her and like she drove across the city and like we drove to the hospital and, um, like, I didn't think I needed that. And I never, ever, ever would have, like, gone looking for it. And um, and I tell people to do that. Like, I'm like, there's plenty of groups and, and, and places. And if you have that opportunity, you might not meet your Mo right away. Like, you probably won't. I think it's completely freakish luck that it happened for us. But 
like there is a mo for you. Like there's a mo for you. And yeah. So that's that's the best been the best thing. Obviously, go to therapy. I didn't go for eight months. I was like, what are they gonna tell me that I'm sad? Like, no, you dumb bitch. They're gonna tell you you have PTSD. Right. Like, <laughs> like that it's not normal to like sit at a coffee shop and watch men die in your head around you. Like, that's fucking weird. Like that's, you're not supposed to do that. You right. know? Like, um oh, but it God. is something about meeting other people who know the specificity of that experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. And just someone who can like sit there with it and be like, even now, like seven years later to be able to like, I I know, like, I know that September, like first, second and third, I feel that FOMO. And like, no, you know, from October to November, like the span of my losses, like she feels it for me. Mm -hmm. And like, there's just no question if I call her at like, two in the morning, like she'll answer. And there's also, I think, something to what you were saying earlier in the conversation about like how what you need and want changes, you know? Yeah. And that like earlier in the process or earlier, whatever, you might not have had a place for meeting people or talking to people or relating to people in that way. But when you and Mo connected, you did. That's such a good point. That's, that's a very good point. Wow. You're really connecting the dots. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and yeah, things change. And I think the hard thing about things changing and you changing is that it doesn't just change some relationships, it eliminates some. Mm -hmm. And the hard part about suffering is that it's lonely even when you have a million people around you. And it's always been that way. And um, sometimes the people that you want so badly, right? You have it in your mind, like, I need this person. They're going to be my person through this They're going to step up. They're going to be there. They're going to step up. They're going to be there. And they won't be for whatever reason, right? Like, mm-hmm. because they're they're operating at like the very top capacity of their, you know, emotional intelligence or because like they truly are busy and they do have their own life, which is the most insulting, horrible, you know, justifiable reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh God, you have, oh, so just because your husband's alive, like you got to like spend Christmas with him. It's like, yeah, actually, <laughs> like that's true. Which is like to be a good friend or to be in relationship with someone does not mean also that you have to like sacrifice yourself, Yes, uh, you know, at the altar of their loss. Like you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like you also have the right and like the responsibility as a person who's sort of on an outer ring or adjacent to the suffering to maintain your life too. Mm. Like you do. And what nobody wants to say that openly about people who are suffering or grieving in any way is that they're the worst. Mm. They're the worst, right? Like that was the worst I've ever been interpersonally. Horrible. Horrible. Cannot believe I have any friends. But I truly can't. And some of the some of the relationships that I lost, I can say like, okay, that one was me. And some of them, <laughs> uh, I can say like, that was you. And mm-hmm. I get it. Like I I do get it. Like mm-hmm. you did you did the best you could, and so did I. And my best was actually like, uh, not great. Yeah, not great. Like there's a reason that I can't be on certain parts of the internet. I was like. I mean, even up until last year, like there's just certain things that will like just trigger me so hard that I will just lose my ever loving mind, like right back to like right back to just nothing's okay and nothing will ever be okay. And maybe if we <laughs> maybe we wouldn't know some of those. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just yeah, that's just the truth of it. Sometimes sometimes the person who's suffering sucks. 
Like yeah. they just suck. That's a that's like, a an important point. You're right. You and, know, and I think being ready for that going into being someone who's going to support the grieving person yeah. is important. Yeah, it's like sometimes they're just yeah the worst. Like yeah. ugh, yeah. Nora, this was amazing. Thank so you for wonderful. sharing with us and yeah. oh, talking man. through all um, this. And yeah. Thank you. You're yeah. so good at this. Why? Oh, we you're so great. So lucky that you did oh. this. That's Thank the you. show. That's the That's show. That's the show. That's it, guys. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.